not even intentional. It just it worked out. I, I wouldn't even think about the words. And um, anyway, um, how many's read the back of the book? Yeah. Um, I haven't thought about that in a while. It's that he's coming back again. It's like um, one of the things that I was thinking about was. Um, with um, with that song is just believing and uh, I'll just start in my message. Quit saying um. That's my favorite word for no, anybody that hasn't heard me speak. I'm I'm getting better. I I've been doing better. But uh, what I want to talk about tonight is on temptation, and um, temptation is a desire to do something or a thing or course of action, something that allures, excites, or seduces. Um, how many know Jesus was tempted? Yeah. In um, Luke 4.2, maybe, um, it says, Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when he ended, he was hungry. Um, so, I thought eventually, when I was younger, that eventually temptations would just like go away. It'd just be like it wouldn't be an issue. But everybody has something. Um, so uh, Hebrews four fifteen, it says, should be my next one, maybe. Says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Um, that's encouraging to me that Jesus was man and Jesus was God, but he was tempted and he was able to resist temptation. And um, you'd think by looking at me, food's a temptation. And I obviously <laughs> failed that one, um, working on it. Um, but I thought I was actually going to talk about something else. And then here a couple weeks ago, I think, um, I told Tony I woke up and I had a, I don't know if I was in waking up or if I was in a, if I was still asleep, but I was being tempted and I don't know, I wasn't fully awake, but I don't know if I was waking up or if I was still dreaming and sleeping, but it was almost an audible no, like something inside my spirit, just like, no, I mean, just like aggressive, like, we're, even though we're tempted, we still have the ability to say no, we're not, um, but, um, I started thinking of all the scriptures that would come to my mind about sin. And I told Katie earlier, I think I wrote down about 24 of them, and Tony's looking at it, she's like, we can't have all those scriptures. I'm like, well, you have to help me figure out which ones not to have because I don't know which ones to eliminate. But it was just stuff, it's stuff that I was thinking about in my mind um, in order to resist temptation or whatever. So um, Matthew 6.13 is my next one. And it says, 
And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the, and the glory forever. Amen. Um, that's part of the, um, oh, the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> but um, the next one is Matthew twenty six forty one. And it says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, talking about when, um, I think this was when Jesus was in the garden and he was telling his disciples, watch and pray unless you, um, you enter into temptation. But... Um, I wrote down here, do you realize that God has given us the power to resist temptation? We think, um, I wrote down, temptation's not sin until we give in to it. Um, James 1, 13 through 16 said, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And then 14, as, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Um, I'll come back to that one here about drawn away. Uh, 15, I think. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, brings forth death. That is one of the, the scriptures that it's like when, when desire has conceived, when we've given in to temptation, it gives birth to sin. So temptation's not the sin, but what we do through temptation can, make, can develop into sin. And then sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. And um, that's scary. I mean, to think that but we see it all the time. We see it where people are tempted, and it may be a death relationship. It may be, I mean, it could be physical death. I mean, um, definitely separation from um, God. I mean, death of our relationship. But um, 16, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. I don't know why I put that one up there. But anyway, um, I was, um, obviously don't be received, but um, I was thinking about, I was picturing like wild animals. We see like little lion cubs and everything. We're like, they're so cute. And it's like anything that's a baby, um, a lion cub, a tiger cub. I mean, any little thing that, um, we can control that we have power over seems like such an innocent, cute thing, but it doesn't stop at that cub, um, just like temptation. They used to say, sin will take you further than you want to go, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you more than you're willing to pay. And it's just like a lion... We can get a little lion cub. Everybody's like, oh, cute. 
But when it gets full grown, it attacks you and eats you. I mean, we don't look at that part of it like, but that's what sin does to us. I mean, we give in a temptation and it, it becomes full grown to where it brings death. And that was what I was replaying in my mind. Um, because there's some things that I can do that don't seem that big of a deal. But I act like I have control over it when, whenever I give in to temptation, I've already lost the control. I just don't know it yet. Because um, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm hoping nobody in here is perfect. <laughs> but um, we're all going to slip up at some point. But um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, First um, Peter 5.8, I think it's my next one, 5.8 and 9. Says, be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, vigilant. Thank you, um, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, sinking whom he may devour. Um, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Um, we act like, and. Everybody, everybody goes through different seasons and different times in their life and where some sins are harder, some temptations are harder. Um, there's some things that I picture it like a room. If they lock you in a room and um, they put that thing that tempts you in the middle of the table, lock the door, nobody's around, are you going to be able to withstand it? There's lots of stuff that you can put there, and I never give it a second glance. But there's some stuff in there I'm either going to be engulfed in it or I'm going to be beating on the door to get out of there because, I mean, like Joseph, he's like, I'll leave my coat behind. Just let me out. i got to go. I, um, but um, it says we're all tempted by something. Um, it's called familiar sins. But we can resist the temptation. And James 4, 7 um, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jesus did it in the wilderness after he had been tempted to 40 days. He kept quoting the word, and it wasn't like, well, I'm not sure if, you know, I'm, I'm hoping this will work. It's like, no, this is, I mean, this is the word of God. This is fact. Um, but we act like we're defeated already. Or um, I know I've been through seasons in my life like, well, I can't do anything, you know, it's, it's just tougher than I am, and um, it's not the case. It's greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. That, um, so, um, I put, we may not always do it perfectly, but when we fall down, we get back up. Um, the keys to get back up. There used to be a song, um, I can't remember who sings it now, but it says, um, as Christians, we fall down, but we get back up. And I know in the Word it talks about um, the man that when he falls, he has somebody to help him back up. And um, that's one of the things that when you're isolated, the first thing when I know when I start getting into sin, I'd move from a second row to the back row to out the door. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, I'm already sinning. There ain't no use in paying my tithes. There ain't no use in going to church. I'm, 
I'm, I'm not living right, so why do any of it? And um, it's like, no, I'm, we're, we live defeated, but at some point in your life, you'll get to the point where you're like, I'm tired of being defeated. I'm tired of, yeah. I'm tired of always feeling like I'm the one losing, like the enemy has more power in me, because through God, we have all the power we need. I mean, we've read the end of the book. We know we win. I mean, we, we have the power through, through Christ that strengthens us. Um, we don't always tap into it. Um, we had a guy pass at our work the other day, and um, they called early break, and everybody's like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, there's a guy back on the forklift back in the back just died. And it's like, I'm sitting there, and immediately I start praying. I'm like, God, um, pray for his family. Pray for the people that are around. And I got to thinking, I'm like, wouldn't it be awesome if God's like, you know, this guy's been back there for an hour. They've worked on him. They can't revive him. I'm like, wouldn't it be awesome for the 8,000 people in this plant to say God is raising back up? I'm like, they got him tarped over, and he just stands up like, what are you guys doing? It's like (laughs) it, it didn't happen. But not because God doesn't have the power to make it happen. I may not have the faith to see it happen yet. I'm working on that because I want to. I want to see. I I hear about people that I don't know if I can handle it. They may be having to revive me at that point. It's like, well, he lived, but now he's got a heart attack. I mean, it's like, it's like I. It it may literally scare me. I mean, it'd be it'd be. It'd be amazing to see, but it'd be, um, it'd be scary to see also, I think. But um, that's where my mind goes. Immediately, I want to, I want, I, I want to know if he's saved. But at that point, there's nothing I can do about it. But then, what about his family that needs, you know, the guy went to work and he's not coming home. It's like, um, but. I didn't have that in my notes. I just, it was something that I was thinking about. Um, but there's several scriptures, and I've got several more down here that we'll go through, but um, it says to continue to hide God's word in our heart. Um, Psalms 119.11 it says, your word have I had hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it seems like just a verse, but if I'm not mistaken, that's King David that's talking to God. It's like, we have ways that we can spend time in God's word, we can spend time with God that helps us from being able to sin, that keeps us from being able to sin, that it it won't make it make us perfect, but it continues to perfect us. And I'll be the first to say I'm not always good about it. I've had seasons where I spend an hour a day with God, and I've had seasons where God's like, "Hey, <laughs> you forget about somebody." I mean, um, but it's I've I'm in a season right now where God's causing me to take time and just. I don't know if it's wait on him or talk to him, seek him because I have no clue. Um, 
there's there's so many things that I'm always looking at something. What's next? I mean, I'm I've got a job. I work. I'm, but I'm like, all right, God, is there? I mean, is this where you want me? Is this what you want me doing? Is this? And I just get to where I'm like, I'm not moving unless I hear from God. But if I hear from God, I want to obey God. But where I'm working at, I'd really like to be in something that's a little less hard on my body. And um, I can move all around there and never leave. I mean, it's, I don't have any intentions of leaving. I think God blessed me with it, and I'm thankful for that. But um, I could end up in a really bad spot with some where something that God never intended for me to go through just because I'm not obedient to what he wants. So I'm seeking God for what he wants for me. Um, and it's a lot harder than I thought it would be because I'm like, all right, God, what do you want? I'm listening. Yeah. I don't hear nothing. But um, I still haven't heard nothing. And I'm still not moving until I do, I hope. Um, because I don't want to go through something that he never meant for me to go through because I was disobedient or I was impatient or whatever because it's not in our timing, but God's timing. But um, it says... Um, to, con- to continue to hide God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. And then John eight thirty four through 36 says, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. I'm thinking, a slave to sin? But we serve something. We serve somebody. Um, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides in the house forever. God didn't call us to be slaves. God called us to be sons. Which encourages me because yeah. just like the the um, prodigal, he's going to go back home. He's like, well, at least my dad's slaves eat better than I do, so I'll just be a slave. He's like, you're not a slave. You're my son. I'm not going to treat you like a hired hand. You're you're my kid. It says, therefore, if the son makes you, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Um, we have freedom. I mean, it's... And... We're all in different parts of that, and I don't know if we'll ever be free of everything this side. I know there's there's different temptations that have bothered me over the years, and there's some that um, may continue to bother me. There's some that I could care less. I mean, there's just certain things that was never an issue, but um, certain things that um, when I first started... Um, going back to church, I cussed awful. And everybody's like, you cussed? I'm like, I did. I I had a horrible mouth, and I didn't even realize it because it was such a part of who I was um, growing up in the situation I did and everything else. It was just part of my vocabulary. And somebody said, man, I can't believe you talk like that in church. And I'm like, like what? And they're like, the way you talk. And I'm like, I don't understand it. I went back to the person I was talking to. He's like, yeah, you always cuss. And I'm like, nobody said anything. He's like, he's like, what am I supposed to say? He's like, I just let you finish. And I'm like, well, say something. I, I, I literally didn't realize the way I spoke. But now it's the furthest thing from me. But when I was on nights, the guys were playing the music that it was just pounding in my head all night. And I'm like, dude, you got to shut this off because I'm thinking up words that I don't even I don't even want it in my head. I don't want to hear it. I just, you can put your headphones in, you can turn it off, or 
I'll hand you a hundred dollars, put my foot through it, because I just I'm not gonna do it. I just and I I took a hundred dollars and put it in my lunchbox. I said if he plays that music, then I'm walk over and put my foot right through the speaker and just hand him money to buy another one, because it's like I just can't. Um, it'd been a it'd been a high price to pay, but it was to the point that I was at. It's like um, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't continue to put that in my mind and expect it not to come out of my mouth. And it was, I didn't even want it in there, but I didn't have a choice. But I did. Um, and when he realized how serious I was about it, he, um, he, he appreciated that we could listen to something else. But anyway, um, it says we have the power through Jesus. And then I've got Philippians 4.13, which most people know. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's kind of cliche that we're like, yeah, we can do all things. But we can resist temptation. We can turn from sin. We can change our lives. Dave Ramsey always says, you don't like it? Change. And I'm like, it's not that easy just to change. You want to lose weight? Change. You want to get out of debt? Change. I mean, there's so many things that we have control over that we can do, but... We give our control or our power over to something that was never meant to control us. I mean, um, I've been guilty of it, and I'm trying to keep from letting it destroy any more in my life. So um, it says he was tempted after 40 days. Um, They fasted in the wilderness, and the enemy knows when to come at us. Um, There's a... I meant to look it up and I forgot, but there's, um, I think, five different things that um, when you're weak, when you're tired, um, when you're angry, when you're hungry, there's certain times when you know, um, sometimes at work, the guy's like, man, you're quiet. And I'm like, because I'm scared of what's going to say out of my mouth. So I just shut up. I put my headphones on. I just, I'm quiet because there's everybody's going to deal with something. I mean, everything's not always peachy, but um, I would rather, my stepdad used to say, um, it's better to keep your mouth shut than open it and prove to everybody that you're an idiot or something like that. It's like, it's like you can let them think you're an idiot or you can open your mouth and prove it to them. Um, so I just, I, sometimes I just keep my mouth shut because I've, I've got a witness at Ford that, I'm one word away from losing my witness that I've had for almost, I mean, I'm going on five years, yeah. and it, it only takes one word yeah. coming out of my mouth for me to lose it. And then I lose everybody that comes to me or that respects me or that knows this church or knows pastor. It's like, oh, we can't go, you know. Right. It's just, but it's not about me. It's not about pride, but it's about what God has done through me. And... um if it's not so people could follow me because I'm going to fail at some point, sometime I'm going to fall. I'll get back up. I always do. I hope I always have somebody around me that helps me back up if I don't. Um, But it's about, um, it's about following God. And I don't, I don't remember if it's a scripture or if it's something. It says, um, follow me as I follow God. I think it's in Ephesians, maybe. 
or something similar to that. Um, it, I may be misquoting it, but it's it, the the gist of it. I think is to to follow me as I follow God, not to follow me, but to follow me toward God. Don't because if you follow me and I fail, you walk away, and I I don't want that. But if um, just like pastors, I mean, we follow pastor. You see, so many times churches they follow the pastor. When the pastor leaves, the people just scatter. It's like, so was you following God or was you following a man? Because it's you want people to follow you as you follow God, but you still want them to be faithful to God. Because just like praying for that guy, if he would have got up, it'd have been all God. I don't have the power to walk over and touch anybody and say, "Raise up, you know, be healed, come back to life." Um, I was listening to the song about the dry bones. I mean, Lazarus was dead. For what four days? Um, this man had been dead an hour. I mean, it wasn't above God to be able to do it, but He calls dry bones to come together. And I mean, these they they weren't even dead bodies; they were dry bones. And it's like God has a power; He can use me to pray or to call on Him or whatever, and He I can be part of who he uses because I'm sure there's people all over praying but I don't know if any of them had the faith to pray him back to life but I I mean I don't know I told somebody the other day I don't know why God chooses to heal some people and chooses not to heal other people I know it's a point of man wants to die and then after that the judgment so I know we all have I mean it didn't surprise God when the, the man died it was obviously his time and I know in the Bible God's given people additional time but like the one man that um, prayed for more life and he gave him another 15 years or 20 years um, in that time he'd had a son that was the, the most evil the most wicked ruler that their land had ever known and had he died at the time that he was going to die, the boy had never been born. So there's things that God knows that we don't. And there's, um, there's, it doesn't always happen the way we want to see it. Because I'd be awesome. I mean, I'd have been on cloud nine. I'd have been, I mean, if he said, he's got up. It's like, praise God, he got up. I mean, it's, it'd been amazing. But it wouldn't have been anything about me. It'd have been about the power of God. But sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. I mean, and we've all lost somebody. I mean, everybody's here has lost somebody, and you're like, God, really? <laughs> I mean, you could have let them live a little longer, and it's like we don't know um, why. Um, but it it causes us to be who we are. I always think of my sister, which. Um, it's obviously not in my notes, but um, she's part of the reason why I work with teens because I never got to see her. Sorry.
I never got to see her grow up and be who, who she could have been. But maybe that's all there was. I mean, um, I'm thankful that she had friends that took her to church. I don't know if she ever gave her heart to God or not. Because that's another thing that bothers me. And the older I get, it bothers me even more. Because the first thing I thought of was this man's family. And now I think of this man. Thank you. I needed that. Um, but we don't know. I mean, and when we go to a funeral of somebody that we know is a Christian, we know is saved, it's like, you know, it's hard enough, but we're thankful that at least we know where they're at. And when we lose somebody and we don't know, we're like, God, I'm, it's too late. So I, I know Catholics can pray them into heaven, um, or I guess that's a thing. Um, but it's like, am I wrong? I may be, I may be wrong. I apologize. Um, but it's, once they're gone, they're gone. I mean, it, they're either, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So after, you know, after death is judgment. So we have to reach the ones we're going to reach while we have a chance to reach them. And I've got guys on my line that that know I'm a Christian, and half of them, if they didn't come to work tomorrow, I, I know I wouldn't, I mean, we would never see them again. Yeah. Um, and I can't make that decision for them, but I can be a representative of God so that they at least know what it looks like. Yeah. So... Um, I'll get back in my notes and um but anyway um Jesus said be of good cheer cuz I've overcome the world um 1 John 4:4 4, 4, I believe um you are of God little children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world um so God in us the holy spirit is greater than the devil that yeah. um, and then second Timothy one seven says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast today of a guy that he was um, jumping over an airplane with the parachute, I forget what they call it now. Um, but they they go up 8,000 feet, and one of the guys jumps out, and he's like, am I next? He's like, no, you guys are going out at 17,000 feet. And he's like, 8,000, 17,000, you hit the ground, you're still dead. I mean, it's like, but he said that was his biggest fear was heights, and he wanted to overcome his fear so that he could overcome anything. And every time that something hard comes up against him, he's like, I've jumped on an airplane at 17,000 feet. I'm still here. I mean, it doesn't, you know. It's he tandem jumped with somebody, so he wasn't responsible for pulling the chutes or any of that stuff. But um, that would be a big fear for me. For um, and 
it's weird because I don't know if it's my age or if it's my weight, <laughs> but me and Heights just don't get along as well as we used to. I'd get up on a roof and it wasn't a big deal, but now it's like I sent the boys up to clean the roof off because there's limbs on it. Tony's like, don't let them fall. It's like, they're not going to fall. They enjoyed it. Me, on the other hand, I'd be up there trying to hold on to stuff and try not to fall off. It's like, um, but um, the last thing I had was he gives us warning and encouragement through his word in Galatians 5.1. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Um, I like that he says again, because we were in a yoke of bondage, um, which I always picture two oxen together that's got the wooden yokes, you know, holding them by their neck. And it's like, here you got somebody hanging onto you by your neck. It's like, God's let, God's freed you. You're like, okay, go put me back in. It's like, no, why would you do that? It's like the children of Israel saying, um, you freed us from Egypt, but we don't want to die in the wilderness, so we'll go back into slavery. It's like, God was big enough to free you out of Egypt, but you don't think he's big enough to get you through the wilderness. I, um, I've been through the wilderness, and I don't know if I'll go through more wilderness or if I've... Um, but I learned, I think, more through the wilderness than I did um, through being enslaved. I mean, because when I was a slave, I didn't know I was a slave. But once I'm free, the I'm more interested in going forward and not going backwards. And um, that's just kind of my thought of it was, um, why would we put ourselves back into slavery if God's freed us? And it's, um, I don't know if we'll ever be free from temptation, but we have to remember that we have the power to overcome the temptation and not let it um, conceive to sin and in the sin give birth to death. So um, I think that's all I have. So. Thank you guys. I appreciate it.